0: Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth all through the lens of nursing. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Nurse Becoming podcast. It's your host, Amanda Guarneri. I'm so happy to have you here today, and I'm excited to feature another interview with One of our guests that is just really a fantastic topic. Whether you are a nurse or a nurse practitioner, I really think that you will enjoy this interview with Ananya, who is a pediatric nurse practitioner and also a business owner, kind of like me. She has two arms of her business that were kind of born out of the pandemic, and you'll hear her full story in the interview. But essentially, what Ananya does is She is really passionate about helping other nurse practitioners identify their zone of genius, if you will, so that they can become indispensable nurse practitioners. And that's what we're talking about in today's episode is how to become an indispensable NP. And Ananya is a great example of this because she has not only started a business helping other nurse practitioners specifically pediatric nurse practitioners who are transitioning from school to practice, you know, become more confident. But she also has a consulting business, which is essentially the culmination of her zone of genius, which she'll talk about more in the episode. So this is a super inspiring episode for both business owners and clinicians alike, and I really hope that you enjoy the chat. I really enjoyed chatting with Ananya, and I hope that you find some gems so that you can learn how to become indispensable. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Hi, Ananya. Welcome to Nurse Becoming. Hi, Amanda.
1: Thank you so much for having me and the opportunity to speak to your audience today. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yes, my pleasure. I know we've been trying to get together to talk for a while, so I'm really excited to dive in and share you and kind of what you're passionate about with my audience. So I would love for you to start, but I already introduced you at the beginning, but I'd love for you to start by telling us a little bit about your nursing story and kind of how you came to be a pediatric NP and kind of what things look like for you right now.
1: Absolutely. So I, my nursing story started in Memphis, Tennessee. So I pretty much grew up there and I went to undergrad and my first job became a job from my nurse externship position in the PICU. And it was a natural progression into my first nursing job there. And I absolutely loved it. And critical care will always have a very special place in my heart for me, Uh, especially as a new grad, I learned so much But I found myself really wanting to be more active in the patient's plan of care and having more autonomy as a provider. So I really felt the call to become a nurse practitioner. So I went to Columbia for a dual master's and I did not only a nurse practitioner, but I also felt it was really important to have a layer of public health lens when caring for patients. And I felt drawn to understanding health disparities better and the social determinants of health, which we don't often cover in nursing school. I felt really that it was an important piece when you are a provider. So that's kind of my rationale for doing a dual master's there. And then shortly thereafter, I started my journey as a pediatric NP in the ER. And, um, you know, this year, uh, as I'm sure many people have felt, that it was a year that pushed us out of our comfort zones to pursue other things. And this is the year that I became an entrepreneur, a nursepreneur. And currently, you know, I am a a nurse practitioner coach and mentor,
0: and I also do some healthcare consulting as well. So that is where I am today. That's awesome. Now, did you have this interest in doing coaching and kind of having a mentorship type platform while you were still working clinically, or was this something that came out of the transition? That's a great question. Honestly, it was something that I've
1: been doing for years, uh, but I just didn't really understand that this is something that people can do full time. And so people would come to me at the workplace and even thereafter, nurses who are going into NP school, NPs who are about to graduate and ask me, what are the next steps? What do I do? Like I've graduated, but now what? So I found myself helping people and being that go-to person before I even launched my business. Uh,
0: So I found myself doing this quite often. That's awesome. I think that you and I share a lot of similarities in that, you know, that 2020 was the year that maybe pushed us out of our comfort zone, even as entrepreneurs. You know, this was my first full-time year in my business. And uh, it sounds like it was the same for you. Absolutely, and I think that it's
1: crazy that a pandemic can push us into, you know, making these big decisions. But I honestly don't think there's a better time to bet on yourself and really go all in. And so I'm happy to hear that you did the same thing. And um, and I'm seeing so many other people have the same kind of feeling of I'm burned out. I need. To do something else. I'm ready to repurpose my skills. And so there is, you know, a beginning chapter of that. I think we're going to see a lot more of that here in the next few years as well.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you, especially because, you know, you and I are both in businesses as entrepreneurs helping other nurses and nurse practitioners. And I feel like this year, especially, our colleagues need more help than ever in this area. So it's kind of this bittersweet. Opportunity that we can really help our fellow colleagues while really helping them through a struggle career-wise this year. I'm, I'm sure that you've seen the same thing. You know, the, the job market is no longer as predictable as it was. Lots of people are making pivots either voluntarily or involuntarily because of layoffs. So I think that it's even though, you know, it we were pushed out of our comfort zone in our businesses, ultimately, it's giving us the opportunity to help our colleagues. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. So tell me a little bit about this transition to being an entrepreneur, how you decided what your zone of genius was that you wanted to pursue as a business owner.
1: Sure. So it was earlier this year that I started to really look beyond the bedside and understand how I could repurpose my skills as a nurse practitioner. And I came across my mentor, Elle Pearson, who she's a nurse consultant, and she owns her own academy where she teaches other nurses how to also become consultants. And honestly, the biggest push for me was realizing that I have already been solving and troubleshooting problems for my employer as an employee, but just not getting paid for it. So I had already been consulting. I just didn't know that that's what I was doing and that there are so many companies, you know, consulting firms who come in outsourced and fix a lot of these internal problems for lots of money. And so when I saw that there was an opportunity there to solve the problems as a consultant, I really went all in and I joined this academy and I created this business because I wanted more. I wanted to impact systems on a wider scale and I wanted to be able to do it really on my own terms and be paid my worth for it, which I know that's that's something that you're also very passionate about. But once I learned that honestly, if I'm being truly transparent, that you will never get paid your worth as a nurse practitioner from your employer, that you have to create those opportunities for yourself. Once that light bulb really clicked for me,
0: that's when I went all in in my business. That's awesome. And and that's such a great point that there are things that we as employees are already doing for our employer that are above and beyond what is really part of our job description, I guess. So that's a really good Tip for future entrepreneurs who may be thinking, you know, what is my skill set? How can I take this into a business? And I think that's a really good gem. For those who may be wondering, you know, do I have a business idea somewhere that I can turn into something? So what does consulting look like on a daily basis? Like if I am hiring you, if I'm a, because something that we didn't clarify is who your client is, if you're the consultant. So who are you consulting for? Sure. So, I mainly help emergency departments
1: and urgent care facilities improve their operations, throughput, and efficiencies. So, and I think you asked me earlier about the zone of genius and the way that I determined this is where I want to land is because... My background is as an ER uh, nurse practitioner. And I found myself loving troubleshooting, investigating, and anything operations related. I found myself drawn to taking a look at systems. I love and thrive on systems. So that's kind of how I found my zone of genius. And I found that people would come to me and ask me to create task forces for onboarding NPs or anything along those lines of operations. So I constantly found myself doing those things and thriving in that. So, in terms of what a day to day looks like for consulting, it really depends on what the needs of my client are. So, typically, my clients can be healthcare decision makers, such as the chiefs of emergency departments or urgent care owners. And it could be really varied in their needs. So, I've helped urgent care facilities who are looking to really create top of mind campaigns for marketing strategies and re engage their patient population during this COVID time where they're having patient suppression. And it can range into operations related to COVID protocols and triaging inside of an emergency department or updating their standard procedures to make sure that they're around the precautions for COVID. So it really depends on what the needs are. And a lot of times, the decision makers are making the decisions to outsource consulting based on time and resources. So I'm really helping address both of those concerns with implementation and also coming up with the solution
0: itself. That's so fascinating. It sounds like basically they get to pay to rent your brain and and use your knowledge so that you can, you know, the deliverable is is a plan or a process or some way that's going to improve it, but you don't necessarily have to be involved in the nitty gritty implementation, right? You're kind of delivering this plan that if executed by them will help get their outcomes in my exactly. understanding.
1: Correctly. Exactly. Yes. So uh, if they want to hire me for the implementation, that is an option as a package and service I offer, but truly I love, you know, being able to offer insights and recommendations and strategy That's awesome.
0: I think just hearing you talk about it sounds like it's really an area that you're, you know, really talented at and and passionate about. Hey, listen up, nurse practitioners and NP students. I'm about to go against the grain here with an unpopular opinion. Have you heard that the NP job market is oversaturated and that you will absolutely struggle to find a job, let alone a job that you love? Well, I'm here to call that out and say that oversaturation is not the problem. And I feel so strongly about this that I recorded a free training for you called oversaturation isn't the problem. And this training explains exactly why spreading this message is actually a problem. And it goes over the other mistakes that may be keeping you from your dream NP job. So it's a totally free on-demand video training. You can watch it at theresumerx.com slash NP class. That's theresumerx.com slash NP class, all one word. It runs about 35 minutes, and I can guarantee that you will have some serious aha moments during the training. And while you're watching, go ahead and screenshot the training and tag me on instagram at the resume rx so that i know that you're watching i cannot wait to hear what you think so i know that you also in your business have a different client that you help and you help nurse practitioners so i would love to hear a little bit more about that side i'm not sure if it's a different business or kind of a branch of your business tell us more about how you help nps
1: Sure. So it is a a different branch of my business and something I'm absolutely extremely passionate about is helping new grad nurse practitioners leverage their skills and step into their practice knowing their worth and step in with that confidence and clarity that often we don't have as uh, new grads. And honestly, this came about from my experience as a new grad and feeling that I didn't have a very structured orientation, which is a very common story for a lot of colleagues that I know as well. I'm not sure if that was your experience as well, but I felt that I needed support. I needed to be able to ask questions without any judgment. I needed to be able to have a constant mentor and a guide. So I often get questions from new grads coming right out of school and not knowing what to do next and feeling that overwhelm. And so it's really important to me to be able to address that and speak to that. So I've created coaching programs as well as uh, courses around this and mentorship programs so that new grads really feel supported, not only in signing that contract, but the hardest part, which is when you step into that practice and now you're making decisions as a clinician on your own.
0: You know, I feel at least with the NPs that I see and work with and hear from, you know, the uh, for new grads anyway. Number one challenge is finding the right job. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, But very, very shortly and a close second after that is what to do when you actually start the job. You know, it's finding the job isn't the only struggle. We then have to transition into the job. And I absolutely hear everything that you're saying and totally agree that without knowing how you learn, without knowing what to expect, without knowing what your strengths are, Going into that new environment can be really intimidating.
1: Absolutely. And I think that um, a lot of times new grads think that this is the this is how it's supposed to be. And, you know, having a six to eight week orientation is enough. This is the standard. But I want to challenge that narrative and I want to change that because I think that in order to truly put your nurse practitioners and advanced providers on the best foot forward and set them up for success. As an employer, the onus is on you to make sure you're creating an environment and a structure so that that can be achieved. So I think that I'm really, if I'm looking at the broader vision, I'm on a mission to change that narrative so that the healthcare system can really accommodate that because that is an onus that's on the system and not necessarily us as new grad nurse practitioners.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. And, you know, speaking in broader strokes, I really feel that more confident and supported providers make better healthcare decisions when they're caring for their patients, and better decisions lead to better outcomes. So it's kind of a win win. All around, you know, when when we're not feeling intimidated or pressured or scared to ask questions, then we can really operate at the top of our competency, and you know, we win because we're happy and confident. The employer wins because we're productive and we're not looking to leave our job after three months. And the patient wins because the patient is getting top-notch care. Right? Exactly. I think it's. I don't think anyone can can argue with that. Absolutely. Um, So I want to dive into something that I saw in one of your Instagram posts that I loved that I wanted you to kind of do a little lesson for my listeners here. So we're talking about articulating our value as nurse practitioners. And I know I talk a lot about articulating your value during the job search and hiring process, but something that I know that you speak on that is just as important is helping a nurse practitioner become indispensable in their position. I love that term and I love how you presented that. So first, what does that mean to you to be an indispensable NP? Wow, that's a great
1: question. I felt really inspired to make that post from my own experiences, but also from this year and seeing just like how you mentioned how unpredictable this market is. So once, you know, a long time ago, we felt there was job security as a nurse, as a nurse practitioner. And right now that has proven to be very different. We don't know. So to me, when I think about indispensable, it means creating an identity as a nurse practitioner and clinician that transcends time, that transcends your value to your employer in the box that you currently are in, and it transcends what you can do with your repurposed skills. So really a mindset shift almost of how you think about yourself and your value. And in terms of concrete examples of that is if you're working at the bedside Creating skills, talents, and value around your position that may not be in your job description, but that you're creating so that when you decide to renegotiate your salary or when you decide to walk away from that job, that you are so indispensable that you can't be replaced because of your skills, because of your talents, and because of how far you've gone to make yourself so valuable that your employer sees and cannot not acknowledge that, you know? So that is how I view my, you know, position about how to become an indispensable NP. Yeah, I love that.
0: So what are some kind of steps or tips or takeaways that we can put into practice in order to kind of get to that indispensable status? Great
1: question. So I think the first thing is learning your zone of genius and having that mindset shift is more than I can do things beyond the bedside if I choose to. So the way that I feel like we can really learn our zone of genius, and there's so many different ways, is sitting down and really being transparent with ourselves on what do we love to do? And what are we truly good at? What do people, if I were to ask five different people closest to me and say, can you give me top of mind skills that come to mind when you think of me, what would those people say about me? And then you look at the gap in where you are and how you can solve problems. And you kind of create this circle around all of this and you figure out where it feels good for you to start. And that little dot inside of that concentric circle is your zone of genius. And once you have that zone of genius, then you start figuring out ways to craft and really polish and refine that zone of genius so that you can then market that. And so a few ways as a clinician that you can do that is taking every single opportunity paid, and sometimes you'll have to do unpaid to be a leader. So whether that means you have to create a new leadership position in your office work setting, or inpatient, then do that. And it may be unpaid at first, but you can put that on your resume and that is truly invaluable. And so leadership positions can be being a lead NP, uh, taking um, you know a, a leadership role in a task force that you're creating and spearheading. It can be quality improvement projects that you're leading. It can be research. It can be creating an improved throughput process in your department that you're taking the lead on and creating a case study around. It can be going to conferences and getting specialized trainings that only you've done in your department. So you're the go-to person. For example, it can be sexual assault training, You know anything that is highly specialized and niche down that you are an expert at. So really tapping into becoming an expert as a very niche down area and being that go-to person so positioning yourself that way in your work setting.
0: I love that. I think that it, you know, a lot of people or a lot of new grads will think, you know, how am I going to stand out on paper against someone else with the same credentials? And I think that once we have that first job, then it can be so helpful to start thinking about, you know, what are you going to be known for? And and I think a good thing to point out is that we're not necessarily talking about working in a specialty, right? Like we're not saying that you have to decide that you're going to work, you know, in this particular subspecialty in order to niche down. You can be known for something that transcends all different type of specialties, right? Like your zone of genius doesn't have to be specialty Mm -hmm. specific. Absolutely. It can
1: be a skill set that can be across multiple settings, multiple specialties, uh, multiple hospital organizations. It's just something that you can bring value to and in exchange be paid for it. So starting that while you're working for your employer and really refining that. And then you're also being validated if they are coming to you for those particular skills, you're validating that process. So you're already beginning the business process in that doing so. So that's a great
0: way to know that what you have is uh, immeasurable. That's awesome. So I'd love for us to brainstorm some examples of zones of genius, because I feel like maybe if I'm listening to this for the first time, and I don't really know what my zone of genius is, and maybe I'm a newer NP, I might be struggling to like pick some examples out. And we we touched on a few, like you said, yours is systems and and throughput, you know, on an organizational level. What are some other ones that kind of come to mind so that we can maybe include a list so that people can be jostled and say, oh yeah, I'm good at good at that. And they can kind of identify with some of these. I love that. I love these actionable steps. So a few that come to mind could be how to
1: improve and make a robust teaching environment in an academic setting. So a lot of times it's not structured for nurse practitioner students, PA students in an academic setting. So creating a very streamlined experience for them where they get a robust experience with patients, especially right now where there's so much anxiety and hesitation around really meeting those clinical standards to, to pass and, and graduate. So Reinforcing that confidence and giving them a great experience um, in the clinical settings when you're a preceptor and adding to their education. It could be trainings and specialized skills. So if you're really good at you know, PALS, ACLS, BLS, giving lectures for intubation, sedations, um, suturing skills, um, removing things, uh, anything that is procedure-based, you could be an expert in that. You could be an expert as an executive in terms of leadership. If you see opportunities in people and you know that, okay, this person has excellent you know, leadership in this arena and this person can do this, and you're really good at bringing together committees and seeing leadership qualities, you could lead that and be a task force. I think those would be some key ways. I don't know if you have some more, but I think this is a great start to really getting those wheels turning and seeing people seeing themselves in these opportunities.
0: Yeah, definitely. I thought of a few while you were talking. Um, So for someone who's good at numbers, data, research, you know, serving on a quality improvement committee or kind of spearheading some sort of departmental or unit research project, I think would be a good tactical project that could showcase that zone of genius. And also we touched on a few staff education points like orientation, training, procedures. And on the flip side of that, if you are a good patient educator, Mm -hmm. then that's another kind of niche that can be cultivated, um, as well as like patient experience and satisfaction and all those kind of patient facing skills. So got a pretty good list here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was just a few minutes. See how much we can come up with. Uh, So that's a great example of how you know diverse our skill set is and how valuable it is that in just a few minutes we were
0: both able to come up with some great great starting points so i love that yeah i'm glad that we could do that because i'm sure sometimes i feel like we can talk about things like what are your skills but it's so helpful to be able to hear and be reminded of all the things that we do in our job and you know, a good example of this is someone who sits down to write their resume for the first time and they want, they need to write bullet points about, you know, their duties, achievements, and accomplishments. And if they haven't been reminded of what they actually do and they haven't kind of trained their brain to look at it from that perspective, then, you know, a lot of people stare at a blinking cursor and have no idea what to write. But if they can see an example or hear about a job description or someone else's, then it's, I think it's so much easier to remember what we are, what we're good at and what we do. Absolutely. So I want to hear a little bit more about the side of your business that helps nurse practitioners. Please feel free to share kind of what's coming up for you, what you're working on, anything that you want our listeners to connect with you about.
1: Sure. So thank you so much for that. Um, So currently I am working on opportunities, uh, created so that I can help support nurse practitioner, new grads, um, one-on-one so I love helping them really create goals, meet these goals, accountability, and then also be able to give that insight um, and support that they're looking for. So I offer those packages. And then the next thing that I have coming up in January is creating a course and mentorship program around job searching and taking that anxiety off. So ditching that overwhelm and really learning how to nail and position yourself as a you know standout candidate especially during this time. So that is going to be coming out in January. It's an accelerator program where it's a four-week course, but also offering support so that we can answer your questions and go through where your bottlenecks are and what resistance you're meeting as a new grad. Awesome. And where can people find you online or on social media? So you can find me on Instagram at Ananya, the P-N-P, so A-N-A-N-Y-A, the PNP. And you can email me at the same handle, Ananya, the PNP at gmail.com. And I would love to connect and see if there's any way that I can support you. And if there's not, I would love to refer you to my network of other nurse practitioners and nurse mentors who are also in this space and see who, you know, whoever is a good fit for you. And I think, you know, something that's really important is really finding your person. So finding that mentor, finding that coach, and you know, really attaching yourself to being under their wing because that level of support is so invaluable. So whoever it is that you find, just make sure that
0: you have that one person, that support system to get you through this time. Yes. Thank you for that. I totally, I totally agree. I think that it can't be uh, overstated the importance of support and kind of establishing who your person is, whether it's a hired coach or a mentor or a peer or someone in the workplace. I think that we all need that level of support regardless of, of where we are in our career. you know. And I think that this year especially has maybe humbled, I don't know, it's humbled me to Absolutely. help me realize you know, when I need to reach out and, and how important it is to have that support. So I will make sure that all the links and everything are in the show notes so that people can connect with you. Perfect. Thank you so much, Amanda. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and making it all the way to the end. If you found today's episode helpful, would you take a minute and give me a rating or review on Apple podcasts? It will truly help other nurses find this show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I cannot wait to connect with you again soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.